Welcome to the Resilient Mind Podcast. In this episode, you will be listening to The Four Mental Laws of Success with Brian Tracy. Enjoy. There are four powerful mental laws that you need to know. The first is the law of belief. This says that whatever you believe with feeling becomes your reality. If you absolutely believe that you are destined to be a great success, then there is nothing in the world that can stop you from becoming that great success. A friend of mine named Peter Daniels, who started off working on the streets, became very wealthy, he's very successful in Australia, um, did a lifelong project and he studied the lives of 500 men and women who became successful. He read their biographies and autobiographies and encyclopedia and Wikipedia and so on, looking for the common denominator of success. Finally found the common thread. The common thread was every one of those people always believed in themselves. They always believed that they were going to be a big success in life. They always expected to do well. They said when, when Winnie Churchill was asked about Winston Churchill, even though he was washed up at the age of 66 and a secondary player in his party had been laughed at for years when World War II started, they said that one thing Winston Churchill never lacked was an absolute confidence in Winston Churchill. He absolutely expected that he would be the right person at the right time uh, at the right place when history called on him. Patton had the same thing. He knew that he would be the right person. He said in these 500 biographies and autobiographies, every one of those people expected to be a big success. Here's an interesting exercise. Imagine that you could go down to the computer store and you could buy a mental program and you could put it into your mental computer and it would then become part of your ongoing, your continuing operating system. If you could buy any belief at all to put into your mental system, what would be the best belief for you to buy? And the answer is the belief that you are going to be a big success in life. That no matter what happens, everything is going to conspire together to make you a great success. And if you absolutely believe that and absolutely expect that everything is going to help you, that will become your reality. The reason why we do not achieve greatly is we hold ourselves back by our own beliefs. We wonder if it's possible. We, we over-exaggerate negative events. We catastrophize and we blow them out of proportion as, as opposed to looking at them and seeing them as just ideas, stepping stones to success. The second law is the law of expectations. This law says that whatever you expect with confidence becomes your own self-fulfilling prophecy. If you expect to be successful, you eventually will be successful. If you expect to be happy and popular, you will be happy and popular. You are continually telling your own fortune by the way you talk about how you think things are going to turn out. Positive, successful, winning individuals have an attitude of positive self-expectancy. They expect to be successful in advance, and they're seldom disappointed. Remember, the very best way to predict the future is to create it. And you create your future by the way you approach everything that happens to you, either positively or negatively. The greatest of all attitudes, the catalyst that causes your potential to unlock, almost like a chemical catalyst that causes an explosive effect, is confident expectations. An attitude of confident expectations transforms your attitude towards your world. If you confidently expect that people will buy and confidently expect that products will sell and confidently expect that if everything fails, you'll learn a valuable lesson that you'll use to be more successful next time, if you always expect something good, you'll never be disappointed. And it has a to total transforming effect on your attitude. Sometimes just challenging one thought can transform your life. I'll give you a quick story. Uh, this fellow who's running a company in New York and the company's 
on the verge of bankruptcy, he's about to collapse, and he's really in despair. He doesn't know what to do. He's going to lose his home. He's going to lose everything. And he goes for a walk in Central Park, and he's standing on this bridge in Central Park, and this man uh, comes out of the night, comes up and stands next to him and says, uh, hi, how are you doing? He said, fine. He said, you look like you're deep in thought. He said, yes, well, I've got a business, and the business is in trouble. He said, no problem at all. He said, I'm John D. Rockefeller. I'll lend you some money. How much money do you need to turn your business around? He said, well, you know, probably two or three hundred thousand. I'll give you five hundred thousand dollars. Pulls out a checkbook. He writes that check right there and gives him a check for five hundred thousand dollars. John D. Rockefeller. He said, there you go. He said, meet me back here in this place a year from now and you can pay me back. Really? I mean, wow. He said, good luck. And he walked off into the night. Well, this is like an answer to a prayer. He couldn't believe it. He takes this check back, and he sits there, and he looks at this check, and he said, wait a minute. He said, my business isn't going down the drain. He said, I don't have to cash this check right yet. What I'll do is I'll put it in my safe. But if ever I need it, I've got this check. It's valid for a year. And he went back, and he turned around to his business. He was $500,000 in his, in his safe. And he went back in, and he made revisions and changes, and he upgraded his sales and marketing, and he went more, became more aggressive and introduced new products and services. And his business grew, and it turned around. And this business grew, and he became prosperous again. He never even had to cash the check. And one year passes. And he goes back to the park. He's got the check. And he's standing on the bridge. It's about 7 o'clock in the evening, and he's waiting. After he'd been there about 10 or 15 minutes, this man comes walking quickly out of the dark, comes up, and he said, there you are again. How did everything work out? And he said, well, I'm happy to say I was able to change my business. Here's the check back. I never had to cash it. He said, well, thank you very much. It's really great. And he said, I'm so happy to hear about your success. And then this nurse comes running out of the brook saying, saying, Mr. Hawkins, Mr. Hawkins, you come back here. And she comes running up and grabs him by the arm. And she said, I, I hope he's not been bothering you. He's escaped from the asylum over and over again. And we always have to go out in Central Park and find him. Uh, now, you come back with me, Mr. Hawkins, and let him back to the asylum. My point was because he believed that this was a check from John D. Rockefeller. It transformed his life. Not that it was, but because he believed it. His expectations were that at any time he could cash this check. And it totally transformed his attitude toward his business and his business results. Now, the wonderful thing about our expectations is that you can manufacture your own. You can expect great things to happen. Now, here's an exercise for you. Repeat throughout the day these words. I believe that something wonderful is going to happen to me today. Now, say that to yourself. Say it, to, say it quietly to yourself. I believe that something wonderful is going to happen to me today. Now, every single morning when you get up and say that, something wonderful is going to happen to you that day. It's the most amazing damn thing. You go into a restaurant and you say, I believe something wonderful is going to happen in this restaurant. I believe something wonderful is going to happen to me today. And it's the most astonishing thing. If you forget to say it, your life will be okay. But if you remember to say it with confidence, you set up a force field of positive expectations and something wonderful happens to you. The third law is the law of correspondence. This law says that your outer world is a reflection of your inner world. It says that wherever you go, there you are. Wherever you look, you see yourself. Your outer world of wealth, work, relationships, and health will always be a reflection of what is going on inside you. One of my great spiritual teachers was Emmett Fox, and he wrote a piece, which the name of which is enough. It's called The Mental Equivalent. And he said, the great... The great requirement of life is for you to create within yourself the mental equivalent of what you wish to enjoy on the outside. This is your responsibility, and God and nature will take care of everything else by law. 
And the greater vividness with which you can see it on the inside, the faster it comes into your reality on the outside. To become the person that you would like to be, you create a mental picture of your newly conceived self. And if you continue to hold it, the day will come when you are in reality that person. Shakespeare said, Assume the virtue if you have it not. Now let's take this great truth and follow some of its implications. In assuming the virtue, you are assuming via your imagination. But here we must make a distinction between daydreaming and a true mental picture or proper use of the imagination. Perhaps there is some genie who will drop a hundred thousand dollars into your lap or overnight provide you with a mansion luxuriously furnished. I have never had the pleasure of meeting one, but daydreaming or mere undirected wishful thinking doesn't have the power to release the latent forces within you that will bring you the one hundred thousand dollars or the mansion. When you employ your imagination properly, you see yourself doing a thing and you go ahead and do it. It's the doing the thing you have pictured to yourself that brings it into actual existence. In this connection, think about the use of the magnifying glass. When properly focused, it will gather the light from the sun and concentrate it, so that the heat will burn a hole in the object on which the rays are focused. It must be held steady before the heat power is developed, and so it is with the holding of the image or the mental picture. However, it is very difficult for the average person to concentrate for any length of time, to say nothing of holding on to a mental picture for any great period. You are constantly being swayed by what you read and hear, and as a result, the coordinating part of this creative force turns to gathering together all these scattered elements in a focused mass, instead of devoting itself to making a clear and dynamic picture of your desire. Often I have thought of this matter of desire and suggestion in connection with the planting of vegetable or flower seeds. Once the soil is prepared and the tiny seeds are placed in it, it only takes a short time until they begin to root and sprouts begin to appear. The moment they start upward through the soil in search of light, sunshine, and moisture, obstacles mean nothing to them. They will push aside small stones or bits of wood, and if they can't do that, they'll extend themselves and grow around them. So it can be with you and the suggestions you give to your subconscious mind. The results will be pure or complex, depending upon the original seed and the attention which you give it. In other words, plant the right kind of seed, and habitually feed it with strong affirmative thought, always directed toward the same end. It will grow into a mighty force, finding ways and means of overcoming all obstacles. I have been in the private offices of a great many industrial leaders, businessmen, great bankers, and others. Long before this magic of belief was understood by me, I was impressed with the pictures, photographs, slogans, bits of statuary, and so forth, which were to be found in the inner sanctums of great firms. Undoubtedly many of you have seen or heard of such displays, but has it ever occurred to you what their purpose was? There can only be one answer, and that is, they serve as a constant reminder, getting the picture over to the occupant of the room, that he too can succeed as those did before him. In common with other great men, Thomas A. Edison obviously knew the value of the repeated suggestion and made use of it. Among the articles found in his desk was a piece of paper that said, When down in the mouth, remember Jonah. He came out all right. 
Edison must have thought well of that expression and perhaps reflected much upon it. So, let's get down to the mechanics. Find yourself three or four cards. Ordinary business cards will do. In your office, your home, your room, or any other place where you can have privacy, sit down and ask yourself what you desire above everything else. When the answer comes and you are certain that it is your uppermost desire, then at the top of one card, write a word picture of it. One or two words may be sufficient. A job, a better job, more money, a home of your own. Then on each card, duplicate the word picture from the original. Carry one in your billfold or handbag. Place another alongside your bed or fasten it to your bedstead. Place another on your shaving mirror or dressing table, and still another on your desk. The whole idea, as you may have guessed, is to enable you to see mentally the picture at all hours of the day. Just before going to sleep at night and upon waking in the morning are two very important moments of the twenty-four hours in which to concentrate upon your thoughts with added force. But don't stop just with those two periods. The more often you can visualize the desire by this method, or one of your own devising for that matter, the speedier the materialization. At the start, you may have no idea of how the results are to come. Don't worry. Just leave it to the subconscious mind which has its own ways of making contacts and of opening doors and avenues that you may never even have thought of. You will receive assistance from the most unexpected sources. You may be suddenly struck with the idea of seeing a person that you have not heard from in a long time, or calling upon a man you've never seen before. You may get the idea of writing a letter or making a telephone call. Whatever the idea is, follow it. It cannot be too strongly emphasized that you should tell no one just what the words on the cards mean. Don't give anyone an inkling of what you desire. The truth is that when you talk about what you're going to do, you scatter your forces. You lose the close connection you have with the subconscious, and you frequently find that unless you do as directed, you will have to start all over again in your program of achievement. Go and tell no man still holds true. Suppose you want a better job or promotion. Not only use the cards, but keep telling yourself constantly and continuously that you are going to get that job. You have already visualized it if you have accepted this science, but the repetition will be the means of driving the suggestion deeply and firmly into the subconscious mind. This may be compared to driving a nail into a board. The first tap puts the nail in place but it is only by a number of heavy strokes that the nail is driven home. It has been my observation that those who consciously use this science, as well as those who may be using it unconsciously, are people of tremendous energies, virtually human dynamos. They are people who not only use their imagination and hold strong beliefs and convictions, but they are great doers in action. And that brings me to this most important statement. Faith without action is dead. The final law which links them all is the law of attraction. This law says that you are a living magnet and that you attract people and circumstances into your life that harmonize with your dominant thought. The more you think about something and the more excited you are about achieving it, the more you will attract it into your life like a magnet attracts iron filings. And the more emotion attached to a thought, the greater is the intensity of the vibration. The more emotion you have, 
If you think about you know, what you're going to have for lunch, it has very little vibrational effect. But if you think about someone you love or a goal that you want to achieve or something you want to accomplish or even something you're afraid of, it has a tremendous emotional effect. It's like turning up the emotional power. Second of all is radiation. We say that everything radiates outward, almost like the ripples in a pond. And it also explains the law of what is called sympathetic resonance. You can walk into a room and you will have a resonance with another person on the other side of the room. And you meet that person and you get married and live happily for the rest of your life. If you were to take uh, a piano and put it on this side of the room and put another piano on this side of the room, just hit the key of C flat, bang, and so it goes bang, and you walk across the room, the key of C flat on the other piano will be vibrating to the same harmony as this piano. You and I have this experience of sympathetic resonance, where we resonate with other people, we resonate with ideas, we resonate with conversations, we resonate with subjects that we like to study and learn about. We, we, there, we have this all the time, and that is the law of attraction. It means that something within you is resonating within something outside of you. If you want to be really successful and you see successful people and you start to resonate with their accomplishments, you start to become more like them. So don't talk about things you don't want because your mind is so powerful. It's this powerful engine that is sending out vibrations and attracting into your life people and circumstances in harmony with the things you're saying and the thoughts that you're thinking. Now here's an important point that people don't realize. This also explains what is called the law of repulsion. Now the law of repulsion says that if you hold a negative thought, you repel anything associated with that thought out of your life. So many people are brought up to look down on those who are successful, to criticize successful people. This is fatal because if you criticize successful people, even in your heart, even in your heart, it drives success out of your life. It guarantees that you'll never accomplish anything with your life. You'll always be miserable and unsuccessful. If you criticize wealthy people, they'll never be wealthy. And so therefore, it's so important for you to admire people who are enjoying the success that you desire is to admire them and look up to them and don't look for chinks in their armor or flaws in their life or behavior. If you admire successful, happy people, you create this sympathetic resonance and you begin to attract into your life people and circumstances and ideas that will enable you to be like one of those people. And always want for others what you want for yourself. If you want to be a big success and you see somebody successful, say, that's great, congratulations, that's wonderful. Because if you can get it, I can get it. Abraham Lincoln once said that some are rich as proof that others can be rich as well. These laws of belief, expectations, attraction, and correspondence taken together are the keys to your accomplishing wonderful things with your life. When you begin to think big about your dreams and goals, you change your beliefs. You control your expectations and you activate the law of attraction. You bring about corresponding changes in the world around you. All successful and happy people have a successful, happy mindset. All prosperous and wealthy people have a prosperous and wealthy mindset. All kind, patient, gentle, loving people who enjoy wonderful relationships with their families and friends have kind, patient, loving mindsets. And when you develop the same mindset that is in other successful people, you will enjoy the same results and experiences in the world around you that they do. Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you're enjoying the content, subscribe to the podcast to get notified when new episodes are published. Continue strengthening your mind by listening to our other episodes.